Today's podcast is brought to you by Something Blue by Anita Kay, specializing in wedding and event photography. Visit her page on Facebook. For those in love, capture those memories with Something Blue by Anita Kay. This is Unbridled Enthusiasm Podcast with Mark Poulos. Fuck you and fuck your baby and fuck your wife. <laughs> Why fuck them all? See, have headphones. Understand. We're recording at a barbecue gas station. We're not pausing this to put a baby in there. So, uh, so you can just stop it, right? You're half drunk and high oh, trying to read a map. We're, right, we We're literally... We are on <laughs> We're on the edge of the Grand Canyon. That's my whole job when I'm on the road is protecting my butt. Stoner! And the fat man. He says, man... You really need to turn your life around. Fuck you, Mark. Mark, pull up <laughs> Hello, folks, and welcome back to the Unbridled Enthusiasm Podcast. I'm your host, Mark Pulos. Good to be back. Uh, today on the podcast, I'm going to talk about a small section of my work history um, where I was a telemarketer. I know a lot of people out there just started booing. I was that guy for a long time that would call just as you sat down to dinner to try to push a magazines or a newspaper. Um, it was an interesting thing because I, uh, when I was a kid, I delivered this community newspaper called uh, the Sun Current, and. Uh, there was different versions of it. There was like the Sun Sailor, the Sun Current, the Sun whatever. There was a bunch of different ones that got delivered all over the Twin Cities. And the weird part about it was that nobody paid for this paper. It was free. And um, I feel like you had to call and request it, but they wouldn't just start throwing it into your yard. I take that back. I feel like... I feel like you would just throw it in everybody's yard, and then if they called and told you to stop doing it, then you would stop throwing it in their yard. I can't remember. But it was an, an interesting thing. I'm like, nobody pays for this. I'm like, how does this company exist? And what was funny was the first telemarketing job that I ever got was working for this company, the Sun Current Newspapers. And I can't remember if I covered this on any of my other podcasts, but uh, if I'm repeating myself, I apologize. But it's kind of a whole scope of the story as to where I started in telemarketing and where I ended up. So um, I got this job working at the newspapers, and it was a telemarketing job. And basically, the way that the company worked was they got obviously the majority of their money from people uh, doing advertising or, you know, posting ads for their garage sale or their events or whatever. But then there was a another small part of their business where um, literally every night I would come into work and I would call people that got this free newspaper and asked them if they wanted to pay for it. I know it sounds ridiculous, but that was my job. I would call these people. And the funny part about it was that initially when I started doing it, I started using the word donation and I got immediately reprimanded for it because they said, 
we can't say the word donation because we're not a charity or a nonprofit organization. So trying to explain to people why they needed to pay for a free newspaper was probably the hardest sales job I've ever had in my entire life. So it was weird because basically it was like it's kind of like it was kind of like Wikipedia, you know, where it exists for free. But the only way that they can run is by people paying money. But the funny part was that the newspaper had advertising sales. So it was just really weird. So we would reward people that decided that they wanted to pay for the free newspaper by sending them a choice of two free gifts. One gift was a utility light. (laughs) And anytime they, they would switch up whatever the free gift was, we would always get a free one of them. And let me tell you this. The utility light that they gave us was literally like the cheapest flashlight I've ever seen in my life. It just had a different bulb in it that like shined LED. It was really weird. Um, Christmas time or Thanksgiving time, we would give away turkeys. We would give away um, gift certificates for them to go get a certain pound turkey or whatever. And then... uh, for a while it was like gift cards and stuff like that but it was just really odd so basically the way that it worked was let's say I sat down at my desk and they gave me my call sheet and I would start calling people and trying to convince them that they should pay for this free newspaper and if they were like yeah whatever I'll pay for the newspaper you know send me a bill or whatever And this is like, holy shit, we're talking like 96. So there wasn't PayPal, there wasn't really internet or email or anything going on at that point. So you would, you would have these little sheets on your, on your desk that had like four parts to it. There was like three copies or four copies. There was like a white, yellow, pink, and a green. And then you would fill it out and and ask them like how many years they wanted to buy the newspaper for it was like twenty dollars a year or something like that and for every single one that you mailed out they gave you 50 cents and then of the ones that got mailed back in with the actual money you would get 10 percent of those well, it didn't take long for me and a bunch of other guys on our shift to just like omit the phone call altogether and just start writing tons of these things out every night and just mass mailing them out. You know, it's like, what's the point of making the phone call? You know, because by the time they get it in the mail, They're going to be like, what the hell is this? I don't remember talking to anybody at the newspaper or whatever. So we just figured, you know, getting the 50 cents, you know, that could really add up, you know, when you're coming into work for three days and, 
you know, you fill out like 20 of them a night, you know, making an extra 30 bucks or whatever. And if half of those come back in the mail, you're making another 30 bucks. So that's basically all we were doing for like a couple months. And of course, you know, the bosses caught on to it really quick because they obviously had like algorithms and stuff as to like the amount that would go out and the amount that they would come in. And, and like three of us, we would send out a shit ton and like none of them would come back. So they figured it out. They started monitoring our phone calls. And uh, so I, I, I worked there for a short period of time and it was a really horrible telemarketing job. Um, I still to this point don't really understand it. I don't know if it even still exists. I don't know if people are still calling asking for people to pay for a paper that they get for free. It just seems ridiculous. But uh so I remember working there and I saw this uh this ad in uh the Star and Tribune that said that there was a a company that was near where I lived that was hiring telemarketers. And it was for this thing called the Game Informer magazine. And it was basically this magazine that came out, I think it was monthly, um, that basically just covered video games. Um, it was very heavy into Nintendo and Sega and stuff like that. It was... Uh, it was kind of like the G4 network on TV now. It just all talked about gaming and games and stuff like that. And I, like, you know, wet my pants. I was like, oh, my God, that would be an amazing job to work at a place that dealt with video games. You know, I was like, this is amazing. So uh, I went there and I interviewed, and they hired me, obviously, because all these telemarketing jobs such have such a high turnover because you literally have to be a robot and devoid of emotion to be bothering people every night on the telephone, you know. So I got there, and uh, it was like boiler room. It was crazy. They were, like, pushing bonuses every night and, like, really getting on top of you if you weren't, like, meeting the criteria and the numbers and stuff like this. And uh, the funny part about... Uh, the job when I first started there the majority of it was you would get a list of like 200 people when you sat down and it was all people that had memberships um, to the magazine and all you were doing was calling people that had the magazine and asking if they wanted to renew for another year and there was like a pitch script that you would go through because some people might say no and uh so of every person that said yeah i'll uh i'll renew my subscription you got a dollar and there were some guys there that like every night they were getting through like a hundred phone calls and getting a hundred yeses and making like a hundred bucks a night and it was like holy shit and they had this giant whiteboard where they were keeping track of like everybody's numbers and all i remember was being like the most horrible salesman in the world like i couldn't get people that had the magazine to renew like my name was at the bottom of the fucking whiteboard every night and i felt like such a dumbass and it was a really cool place to work like all the people there were cool and like the break room had all these video games and shit and stuff that hadn't even come out yet and 
and it was just like really cool but the pressure the the pressure there was just so stifling you're just like every time you came back from break or every day that you punched in you were just like it was on like the minute you sat down like it was all about numbers like how many numbers could you dial how many people could you get to renew how much money you would make it was just like pressure 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 and uh there was one one day where i was just having like a worse day than i was normally having there it was like maybe two hours into my shift and I hadn't got anybody to renew anything, and I felt like a complete failure. And I know what I did was wrong, but I was just, like, completely lost. And I was just trying to make a sale so I could feel good about myself. So here's the scenario. So I call the house, and the kid answers. And he's, like, 12. And I said, uh, you know, hi, this is... Uh, this is Mark calling from Game Informer Magazine. I wanted to talk to you about your subscription. So he turns and he says, Mom, it's Game Informer Magazine. They want to ask about our magazine subscription. And she said, and oh, this was the other thing was, um, uh, how the hell did it work? It was like one of those uh, gaming stores, like, uh, fuck i'm blocking on the name right now i want to say that i want to say that the stores were called okay now i gotta check my phone because i feel like the stores were called game informer and it was like an extension of the store that you would get the magazine let me check here be funny if this thing still holy shit still exists that's insane yeah yeah i don't i don't know anyways there was some video game store where you could actually buy the game informer magazine and you could go and you could renew the subscription at the store it was like in my head i keep thinking radio shack and that's not what it is um so she said, um, we're, we're going to just go to this, just tell them we're going to the store this weekend to renew it. And I said, we'll let your mom know that if you renew it right now, you'll save a dollar or whatever it was. And I could just mail the bill out to you. And he turns and he says, you know, he says, if you do it right now, um, you'll save a dollar. And she's like, I'm in the middle of something. Can he call us back or something like that? And I just told the kid to tell his mom, I'll, I'll just send out the bill. And so he said, he said, he's just going to send out the bill. And she said, fine, whatever. And then I hung up and I was like, Oh, I made my first sale of the day. I was feeling pretty good. And the way the room was set up, it was like, you know, like a normal boiler room telemarketing place. It was just like a shit ton of little cubicles. And then at the front of the room was the office with like the head guy running the whole thing who had started out as one of the telemarketers and he moved his way up to running the telemarketers. 
So he comes out of his office and he goes, uh, he goes, everybody, uh, finish up your phone calls. I have an announcement to make. And he would routinely come out and make announcements. So it wasn't that, um, big of a deal. And, uh, so everybody gets finished with their phone calls and he goes, uh, he goes, Mark, can I uh, see you up at the front? And, I, like, my stomach just dropped right through my ass. And I was like, oh, my God. So I walk up to the front of the room, and I'm like, what? And uh, he was holding a tape recorder, and he said, uh, he said, as you all know, from time to time, I randomly monitor your phone calls. And he goes, this phone call just happened. And he, like, hit play, and he it was my phone call and he was it was going through and he gets to the end of it and he goes uh can anybody tell me what's wrong with this phone call and immediately one of the guys pi piped up and he said um he never spoke directly to the mom and he goes you've got that correct and he goes and that's why he is fired and i was like what and he goes you're fired get out and i was like I I have never been fired. I've been fired from two jobs in my life. That was one, and then I got fired uh, when I was working with Lisa Lampanelli in New York City. And I think I've told that story on the the podcast before. If I didn't, uh, I'll cover that in another podcast. Um, so I remember gathering up all my stuff and the friends I had made at the job were just looking at me and I just, I felt so low. I got my car and uh, I feel like I was still either like a senior in high school or like my first year in college. I was still living at home with my parents and like they had expected me to be at work for like an eight hour shift and this was like maybe two or three hours into my shift and I just remember, like, because the office that I was working at was only, like, maybe 20 blocks from my house. And uh, I just remember, like, pulling into a parking lot, like, a couple blocks from my house and just, like, sitting in my car. Like, I was crying. I was just, like, I didn't even know what to say. You know, I was just devastated. I mean, that's, like, the worst thing ever. Like, he pulled me up into the front of the room, embarrassed me, and then fired me in front of a group full of people. Like, I didn't even know how to react to it. I was just, like, so devastated. And I was just, like, what the fuck? So um, I went home, and, of course, my dad called over there and was screaming at the guy on the phone, like, telling him to go fuck himself and everything. And that's why I fucking loved my dad. He was such a great guy i still remember there was a time where i was uh i was bagging groceries at a grocery store and i got the flu and it was like you know their busy season or whatever and it was beginning of february and it was just like ball cold freezing outside and uh my job was mostly i had to be outside like putting the groceries in people's cars so a lot of those people that they uh that they scheduled to be out there to put groceries in cars would call in sick when like the days were really cold, which makes sense, you know, but I wasn't like I had the flu. 
So I called in, and they were like, all right, well, hopefully we'll see you tomorrow. And then I called in the next day, and I'm like, I'm not any better. I'm still working through this. And then when I called in the third day, the lady was like, if you if you aren't here for your shift today, you're fired. And I'm like, what? I'm fired? I'm sick. And my dad took the phone from me, and he goes, he's not fired because he quits, bitch. And he just hungs up, hangs up the phone, and I go, did I just quit my job? And he goes, ah, oh, fuck that lady. And I was like, okay. So I came home. I was just devastated. I was like, what the hell am I going to do? So, of course, I, I called my boss um, at the Sun Current newspaper of the job that I just left. And I was like, is there any chance I can have my job back? And he was like, of course, because who the fuck is going to come work at a newspaper and try to sell people a paper they get for free? Like, I don't even know how he got people to work there. Um, so I worked there again for a certain amount of time, and it was still as mind-numbing and stupid as it was before. And, like, every day I would just kind of scour the paper for, like, gigs that were as cool as the Game Informer magazine, like, just trying to figure out uh, something else to do, something with a little bit more money, because even if you were, like, the greatest salesman at the Sun Current newspaper, you were still only pulling in, like, $6 an hour or some bullshit, so... um. So then I saw this advertisement for... uh this company that was looking for telemarketers and I didn't understand what the company was. It just said that it was together. Together was the company and it didn't really talk about what they did. It just said they were looking for telemarketers for a night shift and you know, this, that, and the other thing. And I went and I interviewed and found out that it was a dating service. It was called together dating service, which I'm sure it still exists in Minneapolis. Um, so I felt a little uncomfortable in the interview, um, and they were kind of perplexed (laughs) that I was, um, interviewing for the job because apparently all the people that they would get there were women because, um, I guess it's just statistically if a woman calls you on the phone, like, because apparently, like, their bread and butter was guys, obviously. Getting guys to come... Like, with any dating service or porn site or anything like that, guys are the bread and butter. Like, they're the ones that pay the money, you know? It's like... Um, these dating service type of things, um, to beef up their women women pool, they actually don't charge the women that much money because... Um, if, if they don't have the women, they're not going to get the guys and the guys are the ones that pay the money. So, um, most of the people that worked there on the phones were girls because they were trying to get the guys to come in and they were like, I don't know if you're going to work out here. Like we've never had a guy on the phones. And, uh, I was like, well, I'm just kind of desperate. want to leave my job I'm at now. And want to try to make a little bit more money i'm like you know if you have a spot for me i'd appreciate just kind of trying it out to see how it worked and and they agreed to it so i was like all right so um so they had two different levels on the telemarketings there um you were either a cold caller or an appointment setter and you had to like get to a certain level to move out of the cold calling into the appointment setter and 
being an appointment setter meant that you would make a shit ton more money because cold caller if you would just cold call like all these numbers all the time and when i first got there they actually spent a lot of money um on these leads where it would actually be people that had either shown interest in joining a dating service or were part of another dating service or whatever, but they were just like really receptive to the phone call. Like you would call them up and talk about a dating survey or whatever, and they'd be really, um, they, oh yeah, sure, you know. And then I think it was after like a year of me working there, like they weren't making that much money, so they stop spending the money on the leads and we were literally just like calling people out of the phone book that's what it felt like you know i spent most of the day just crossing off names that of people that were married or in serious relationships you know it was like oh, are you single no all right and just cross it off move on to the next one so basically like if you were a cold caller and you made those calls and uh, you did the survey. It was like this short 10-question survey, and then you get to the end of it, and you would say, um, would you be interested in uh, learn having you know somebody give you a call back at a later time and um, tell you a little bit more about our products? If they were like, yeah, that would be great. you know, Every time somebody said that, you got a dollar, and then you'd fill the thing out, and then you'd put it into the pool for the appointment setters to call. And the appointment setters were basically like the closers. They would call these people that showed interest in the business, and then they would go through the whole scenario of how it all worked, that you would come out, come to the place and meet with one of the um, dating advisors, and they would kind of go through all the packages and try to get you to buy one. And then basically what they would do is... Um, they would do matches for you so they'd have all these pool of like single people in their company and then they would sit around a boardroom table and figure out like uh this that and the other thing oh i think these two would be good together let's call this a match and then they would like contact the people and say we've got a match for you and then they would like I don't even know how they did it at that point. They'd come in and look at their matches and decide who they wanted to go out with and who they didn't want to go out with. But um, but I was able to breeze through the cold calling thing pretty quick and become an appointment setter. And the cool thing about the appointment setter was if you, um, if you got somebody to actually show up for their appointment and be pitched a package, you got $50. So um, there was a while there where I was, like, kicking ass. Like, I had a lot of people showing up for their appointments because I don't know what it was, but I was just, like, um, dudes were receptive to what I was saying, and ladies were, uh, they were listening to what I had to say, and and uh, it was pretty cool for a while. And then once the uh, the leads dropped off, like, nobody was really making that much more money, and... um. I don't know, just after a while, it, the excitement was gone. I wasn't making as much money anymore. And now I, I remember there was one time I called a lady on the phone and I was talking to her about a single survey and she just like started crying on the phone. And I was just like, oh my God, this lady is so lonely. Like I wish there was something I could do for her. And 
I was like, you know, why don't you just come in and see what they have to say? Like, they're not going to force you to buy anything. You know, it might be a good route for you or whatever. And, you know, she actually ended up showing up, which felt felt good. But, you know, eventually I, I left that job. And I think um, the job I had after that was when I started at uh, the TV station running uh, video cameras and trying to do something more productive with my life than uh being one of these uh people that interrupt you at dinner it's definitely not an easy job um it's it's hard it takes a certain kind of person to just like randomly cold call people on the phone and you know i don't know if the business is really kind of what it was now with cell phones that caller id and all that kind of stuff you know and people call me on the phone and try to sell me something i just hang up the phone you know i feel bad about it but it's just like what else is there to say like i have no interest in listening to like a 20 minute spiel about why i should buy some kind of penis enlargement pills or vitamin drinks or whatever i'll tell you what i hate the most now being a homeowner are the fuckers that come knocking on your door during the day i'm just like what like god bless your 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 angst and your ingenuity to be wandering through neighborhoods pounding on people's doors trying to sell them random shit there was one time uh it was one day like four people knocked on my fucking door and i finally just got to the point where i just wasn't answering it like there was one time a guy came and like the way my house is set up in the living room there's big windows in the front and that's where the sofa is so if i'm sitting on the couch and somebody comes up to the front door they can see me sitting on the couch watching tv and this guy's knocking on the door and i don't even react like i'm just watching my show on tv and i hear him go sir and i i looked at him and i kind of waved him off like get away from my house so instead of him taking that as go away he came around to the other door that was like on the driveway and started knocking on it and uh he saw me coming over to the door and instead of opening it and hearing what he had to say i just locked the door and turned the porch light off and he was like are you kidding me and i was like no interest and he was pretty he was like fuck you and i'm like well, what do you want? There was one time where I was at home, and I feel like I've told this story on the pot. It just makes me laugh so much. I was sitting in the living room with my dad, and he went in the kitchen or went to the bathroom or something, and somebody knocked on the door. And I opened the door, and it was some nice kid just going through some spiel about how he was selling magazines to you know, get himself to the basketball tournament or something like that. And my dad comes down, and he's like, what's going on? And I go, I don't know. This kid's selling magazines. And my dad kind of shoved me out of the way and just shut the door right in the kid's face and locked it. He's like, who are you talking to? And I was like, I don't know. This guy was selling something, so I opened the door. But uh, if you were one of the unfortunate people that I called on the phone and tried to sell you a free magazine or a Game Informer magazine or a free newspaper or uh, tried to get you on a date, 
Uh, I apologize. I was uh, just trying to make a couple quick bucks, and uh, I'm glad I left that life behind and moved on to what I should be doing, and that's stand-up comedy. So check out my website, largedrunkman.com. Uh, you can get the podcast, Podbean, and iTunes, and uh, uh, the dates are updated on the website, so come out and see a live show if you're around, and uh, check out my live streaming radio uh, off of my website and uh yeah so i hope you guys enjoyed this one and tune in next time when we talk about who knows <laughs>